Nicolas Cage is probably one of our generation's definitive actors. Hello and welcome to Cage Fighting. It's your main man Andy Gillard here. Hope you're all well right now. Hi everybody, Matt Guy here. Hope everybody is doing fantastically today. Good morrow. Hope it's hot for you as well. So lads, we're here because it is now the first full week of July. So we've got six months worth of 2021 to discuss. Did think we could have done a top five maybe, but been a bit of a hit and miss year so far so I thought maybe we'll just talk about a couple of genres and discuss things that we have seen and enjoyed so far for uh, this year so I thought we'll start off we'll start off with something family friendly we'll go for what you've enjoyed that's been an all ages kind of either a tv show or a film the choice is yours Matt what have you liked that you think everyone might like because the youth of today is desensitised to everything, this is slightly more... I think there's the occasional swear word in it, so it might be like PG-13 maybe, but I mentioned it a few weeks ago, um, Sweet Tooth, um, basically adapted from, I now understand DC Comics, which I didn't know before, and um, a very long story short, the world uh, has changed due to a... Uh, a virus spreading the nation and hybrid babies have been born that are part human part animal and the people that are trying to wipe them out who believe that they are the key to the cure so it's, it's very much you know good versus evil um story um but it's very very sweet at its core like the name sweet tooth it's it, it's very funny in parts it's very sweet and it's very explores the relationships between characters that never usually in in a normal functioning world would ever get together and you follow the life of um, Gus, the, um, the, the hybrid kid who um, doesn't have like a malicious bone in his body and, and his innocence to the world really makes that show really makes it, it could be really bleak. And if they wanted to take mm-hmm. it in that direction, they could, but it's not, it's actually a really touching program. And like, I remember Sam cried like two or three times at it because of it, like being kind of, hitting the heartstrings um probably like family friendly yes but more kind of fantasy older children would appreciate it i oh, lovely it's one that's been on my list for a while i just haven't got around to watching it I, I do need to push on and get through to that one Stu, what's your choice for this category nailed on it's but well, it's three years old at this point but i only saw it this year I don't know if it was because it's I've only just discovered it, but Bluey, it's on it's on iPlayer, so it's on. I think it's either CBBC or CBBS. Um, it's fucking class. It's it shouldn't be. It's an it's about when I was talking about talking animals last week. Um, <laughs> and listen to the synopsis of it: an over enthusiastic and imaginative blue healer puppy. Bluey goes on adventures with her younger sister Bingo, which unfolds in hilarious ways. It's an Australian cartoon about a blue dog. <laughs> do you want a bit of Bluey for the road? Exactly, <laughs> and it's, it brings it all back into one thing: Blue for the road. You get them people um, in pubs going with the blue pills back in the day. 
when you had to um, when you had to get prescriptions for Viagra, and there was people could you never had this, did you? Look at the look at your face, like you had the nope. you know the, you, you know, the guy the fish man who used to come round. Yeah, it was like the fish man, but for for hard ones <laughs> for, for for knockoff yeah. cock drugs. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> he used to come round. So, bit of bluey, lads, bit of bluey, and those people. But pity, he doesn't listen to this. Well, he might do. But who was a policeman at the time? He used to buy them every week. He said, lads, you can last all night. Last all night. And these blueies. But you don't know what they are, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> nah, nah, sound. He's soundies. So, yeah, nothing to do with them. It's an Australian animated show on CBS <laughs> called Bluey. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it really, it's, it's one of them things where it knows exactly what it is. In the kind of Peppa Pig vibe, where... If you actually watch Peppa Pig for long enough, you kind of get it. And there's there's a lot more there for adults than it seems on the surface. See, when people say that, I always think of Pingu. I think Pingu's like that. I think Pingu knows that it's like it's, adults are forced to watch it because of their kids. So it just makes it as hilarious as fucking possible because it knows that like adults. So it basically, Pingu gets domestically abused and we all laugh at it. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone for uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers. I think that has been an absolutely outstanding TV series on Disney+. Plus. It was properly wholesome. And it's got enough of the vibes of the original um, trilogy of films that people like ourselves, that we would enjoy it. But I imagine that actually kids could go to this without having ever seen any of the original films and still really enjoy it. It's just such a nice, really wholesome heartwarming tv series about a bunch of kids who want to be friends and play hockey together it's lovely so mighty ducks was mine it would have been sold but it dropped the week before 2021 started yeah Yeah. um which had we have done our top fives after christmas rather than before christmas and recorded it soul would probably have made it into my top five of 2020 Mm. i thought it was a truly outstanding movie and deserved the oscar Incredible. So the next category I've got for you fellas. I want something for the lovers of blood and guts. It can be a horror. It can be an action. It can be a thriller. But I want something that's a bit visceral. Something a bit nasty. Stu, what have you got? There's nothing more nasty than Mortal Kombat. Fucking that. <laughs> 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 we nonsense that was. But fitting the criteria perfectly for what you want. If you want... Turn your uh, switch your brain off. You might not enjoy it, but it's ridiculous and it's funny. But it's as gory as hell. And there is a, a couple of well, there's probably about two or three max um, fatalities in it, but they do work. So that's what's going in for me. You can shake your head all you want. You can you, all you deniers trying to cling cling to things. And another originals coming to Netflix soon as well, so people can moan even more. I liked it. It was fun. I remember when I watched uh, Mortal Kombat. No, it wasn't the first time, but what you got to remember is I I watched films that were 18 when I went to my dad's when I was like eight or nine. So I'd go to my dad's. We'd go to uh, Char... Is it Charlie's? Yeah, it was Charlie's, which is a corner shop 
in um, in Chapel Ash. Go rent an eighteen film. So I'd watched like The Crow by the time I was like eight, <laughs> um, and stuff like that. So I'd watch Mortal Kombat, and I remember at the end of Mortal Kombat being that hyped, that full of adrenaline. I started doing karate kicks around the living room. <laughs> so I, just, I was just like that pumped up by that film. Fucking, hell, it was sensational at the time. That was. I still think the original is better than, like, that's the best Mortal Kombat film they've done so far. Like, much better than the current one, definitely. And you know what as well about Mortal Kombat as well? It, forever, whenever I hear an American say the word tournament, especially in the way that Americans say the word tournament, it's very, it's very, um, uh, what's the word? It's very harsh on the T's in the word mm. tournament when Americans say it. I always think of um, Mortal Kombat. Because they always just the way that it's brought up, it just it brings me back every single time. God, I love that fucking film. I remember I went to Blackpool when I was a, a nipper, and there was some dodgy man selling um, like knockoff videos, like it was even before DVDs. And I remember buying a Mortal Kombat VHS, and I got mm-hmm. home and it didn't fucking work. There was nothing oh, on there. No. Wounded. So is Mortal Kombat your choice as well, Matt, or have you got something good? No, I, um, <laughs> I have uh, a couple. So um, American Gods Series 3 um, v- just about ventured into 2021, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, admittedly, the blood and guts, there was a lot more of it in kind of Series 1 when it was talking about giving the sacrifices and stuff to Odin uh, and the like, but I want people to watch it Surely to generate the numbers so it gets renewed or gets picked up <laughs> by Netflix or something like that because it's a sensational show. I really loved it, and Ricky Whittle doesn't deserve the credit that I think he gets as an actor because of his running Hollyoaks. Whereas in this, it was sensational. The story was fantastic. It was just really, really, really well done. I loved it. Um, and then looking not too far away from home for us in in Willy's Wonderland, it was just it was great. It was everything you wanted it to be. It was gratuitously violent. We had the delectable Kaylee Karen in it as well um, for, for that titillation element. And it was just exactly what you wanted it to be. It was so fresh. Um, and it was a throwback as well. It was just a great film. And it's an adrenaline ride that you can leave your brain at the door and enjoy it, but not feel like um, not feel like you've sullied yourself for not watching something intellectually stimulating at the end, either. Yeah. I'd got Willy's Wonderland on my list as well for mine, and also The Quiet Place Part Two, which I know we mentioned last week. Um, but the the one that I wanted to mention was a film called Nobody, starring Bob Odenkirk, and it's kind of like a I don't say mature because he's not exactly an old dude, but it's like John Wick if John Wick had gone into retirement. Mm. It's that sort of movie. And Bob Odenkirk, who is just an actor I've got a lot of time for, he's a really funny comedic dude, and seeing him just kick the shit out of people, it shouldn't work, but it really does. You've also got the Rizzers in this film, Connie Nielsen, Colin Salmon, Christopher Lloyd. I thought this film was going to be just a proper 6 out of 10, you'll forget it tomorrow, but actually it's fantastic, it's really, really well done. So nobody is my uh, lover of blood and guts choice this year. <laughs> so the next one, I'm going to the other end of the scale. <clears throat> I want to know what you would watch if you want to laugh this year. So Matt, start us off. 
So I'm going to reach out to a TV show that I never used to watch, and I, I think I've mentioned it before, and I'd I, I poo-pooed it in the past, um, but I'm quite enjoying, well, two shows really, quite enjoying Taskmasters and quite enjoying The Last Leg. And The Last Leg, obviously, with everything that's going on in the world at the moment, has had a few different specials, and it's had a few different things going on. And The Last Leg especially is almost where I get my news from these days. <laughs> because, I, you know, I don't think it's it's a surprise to anyone that Channel 4 often veers left, or it has at least a centre-left kind of um, kind of output to it. And the same is the same with The Last Leg, really. But The Last Leg is obviously comedic as well as being serious at times. And I do like my comedy when it, you know, if, if it can have a political edge to it these days, rightly or wrongly. So I'm going to go for those two for now, really, as, uh, as something... Um, when it comes to when I need a pick-me-up, though, I'll always revert back to type and I'll always watch something old. New comedy doesn't really do it for me. Uh, like when, when I need that pick-me-up, I need something familiar. So I'll, I'll revert back to watching Peep Show or I'll revert back to watching like a comedy film like Spinal Tap. But for a 2021 thing, watching The Last Leg has been really, really, um, really fun for me. Yeah, I've had much the, the same issue. I've looked through my list of films that I've watched this year and there aren't really many comedies amongst them. And the ones that are probably fit better into other categories, like Nobody, which is a little bit funny, but it's more action. So I couldn't really put it into the, the comedy character. Um, category so the one that i went for is a film called moxie which mm. i i really really enjoyed i'm a big fan of amy poehler anyway and she directed this movie and it's about a teen girl and she has decided she's going to stand up for herself there's a lot of shit that is going on in her school so she starts to write this fanzine called moxie pointing out all of the hypocrisies and sexism that goes on in her in her everyday life. It's a comedy that's got a lot of heart to it. Uh, it's on Netflix. And I, I'd recommend it to absolutely everybody. I think mm. there is something in there for everybody to enjoy with this movie. So Moxie is my choice. Stu, what about yourself? The same, because there was not maybe the classic year yet for um, comedy, really. The ones I've seen, I laughed probably more than anything else at Willy's Wonderland. We've already mentioned again. Mm-hmm. You said great at this. Um, Fast and Furious 9 has to go in there because I did laugh quite a lot in that film. Probably not intentional, um, <laughs> but I did. But now, I think out of everything, probably this time, it wasn't as good as the first series, mm. but it was still, there was still some classic Partridge moments in there. Um, but almost by default, really, that it ain't been a classic six months, really. Yeah, I mean, like, I love Inside Number 9, but I don't think the latest series of that has been high on the yucks. Like, it's been fantastic, but it hasn't had the the comedy that I tend to associate with it. Um, Maybe Motherland might be one of the ones that I've enjoyed Mm. for TV. Uh, Season 3 was released this year. Um, I enjoyed that. I think that's still showing on the iPlayer. That's, that's worth checking out. So we've gone from laughing to crying. Give me something dramatic, please, lads. Stu, start us off. Oh, now we're talking. Um, I don't know if it's a classic as one thing or another, but Unfor- Unforgotten, which is an ITV show, which is probably finished now. 
Reed's final season was as intense as where everyone expected a certain other BBC One show that everyone suddenly got all obsessed about um, should have been. But it's the ITV equivalent, four seasons, three on Netflix, one that's just finished, should be on ITV Hub, Unforgotten, Sanjeev, um, that I can't remember his name of. Sanjeev Baskar. Yes, that's the one, Sanjeev mm. Baskar. In a semi, well, he's got comedic elements to him, obviously, but he's playing a straight role. And I think I mentioned it at the time, how just incredibly well done that series is. And no one talks about it, and they still don't talk about it. And you ask certain people on Twitter and and UK TV personalities all saying raving about it, and I think Stephen Fry was talking about it as well, saying everyone should see this show. But it's just it has it's almost been forgotten about itself. But yeah, unforgotten. It's incredible. Yeah, I think you're the only person I've ever heard mention this show. But you speak so highly of it, like I feel like, feel like I am missing out on that. It's one. not even me taking the piss for it out of anything. It's just really, really good. Super, Matt. What about you? Now I've gone. I've took the use of the word drama and um, tweaked it for my own gains here because it's just stuff that I wanted to mention, but I didn't get a chance to really to shoehorn it in any other category. <laughs> so I've shoehorned it in this. Um, so that being said, uh, 24 hours in police custody, the, bl- <laughs> the, the, the Black Widow two-parter was very, very entertaining. Um, basically, the story of a, a woman who tried to convince uh, a multi- about three different boyfriends to murder her ex-husband um, and the story of how she came to her arrest and the story that goes... but. It's a very, very brief snapshot into how obviously CPS and the criminal justice system works at the point of arrest and how it can be manipulated and how this woman was just so inherently evil. Not evil to the point where, like, you know, like serial killer evil or Fred and Rose West evil, but how manipulative she is and how she played the system. And it was just, it was just really excellent TV and I really enjoyed it. Um, and I remember raving about it at work. And then the next day, like, some of my other fellow managers had come in and gone, I watched that. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I was like, listen. When I give a recommendation, I, I, I mean it. Um, <laughs> and then taking taking the word drama, incredibly, um, you know, I've got to say, below deck has been sensational. Uh, are you are you familiar with below deck? No, it's one of them fishing shows. No, below deck basically is in the same. It's in the same trash TV category as Married at First Sight Australia. Basically, oh, God, right. Uh, the uh, basically a twenty million pound cruise uh, boat, not a cruise ship, it's like a massive yacht, gets rented out by millionaires and celebrities, and it basically follows the crew as they go on charters, um, and it all goes wrong. Basically, on every, every single series is the same. Um, <laughs> it starts off. It starts off. They all get on well. Then a couple of them sleep with each other. Then there's always a fire on the boat somehow. One of the critical members of staff leaves, like the chef or the head stewardess, and they all band together at the end. And in between it, there's always the captain who remains the same. And then, and then it's just what happens. It's really shit, trash television. But it, it's it's brilliant as well at the same time. Well, we know that the obvious answer for this will be Love Island, but it's not finished yet, so... 
can't classy. Mm, see, I don't. Sam said to this, she goes, "Well, why don't you like Love Island then? If you like Below Deck and Married at First Sight Australia." And I said, "I can't explain it. I think it's because Love Island is because they're British. They're so much more insufferable." Because <laughs> I think it's what it is. Mm. I've not watched any of them. I'm sure you'll be surprised to learn. I just I can't do reality TV. I, I don't. I'm genuinely stunned. I expected of Stu, but not you, Matt. I listen. We all have our foibles. Yeah, yeah. but you know what? Out of all of us, who would be the best contestants on one of these shows? Would it be him? I think it'd be you. <laughs> I'm too normal for that. What? <laughs> Mister watches porno on a football match. Mister goes to the wrong funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. started to be paid to be a bingo caller at 15. <laughs> yeah, but just, these are just things that happen. So I've said, I don't, I don't seek these things out. These just happen to me. And that's only things that you've mentioned literally yeah. in about the last three weeks. This is <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely you, Stu, on one of these shows, yeah, I'm afraid. Yeah, 100% you. To bring it back to actual drama i've gone with promising young woman i think that's the outstanding film of this year for me i thought it was truly sensational um obviously it's done the rounds with all the oscar talk so you probably everyone knows about it anyway the performance that kerry mulligan gives is second to none bo burnham is fantastic in his role as the quote-unquote the good guy loved it absolutely loved it and I think that's a film that I'm probably going to watch every year for the rest of my life. I think it is so good. The other film that I did want to point out that I don't think got quite the traction in this country is a film called Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, shit, yeah. Which, I I love that movie. I'm a big fan of Daniel Kaluuya from way back when he started out in Psychoville, back when he was known as Tea Leaf back then. Such a good actor, and it's the story of Fred Hampton. It was a, a person I, I'd never heard of in this country. Obviously, the, the Black Panther's been such an American organisation. It possibly hasn't translated over here, and maybe not to our age group. Um, but it's the story of him and how the FBI tried to take him down. Um, truly amazing story uh, that is sadly true, because, well, it's just a shame that we live in a world where shit like that can happen. Mm. So I want to know a documentary that you enjoyed, Matt. So this is my wheelhouse, really. I really, I do like a, a documentary uh, these days. Um, there's a few to pick from, really, but again, there was a few other categories that I know that other other documentaries would fall in. So um, the Netflix documentary on Pele would um, would be my would be my pick for this category. Um, I really liked the same thing. What I really enjoyed about the Maradona documentary a couple of years back is where it pits you in the set. It gives you the social economical history of the time, as well as the career of a national hero for, you know, for the Brazilian game. Now I, I didn't know much about Maradona really prior to that documentary. I certainly don't know as much about Pele as I should be in a, a fan of football as I am. So, having that education as well as it being a great documentary, you know, in the first place, I really, really enjoyed. I think it's sensational. You, you, you know, it's, it, it's not for me, Maradona level of excellence, um, as if Capadio. 
I think it's he, that will go down as one of my favourite sports documentaries of all time. Um, but Pele is definitely worth a watch for 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 for, for, um, for knowledge more than anything. Um, just to get an idea of you know an extraordinary career and a, and a national icon that probably we don't know enough about, or we owe it to ourselves to learn more about. If you are a fan of the game, yeah, I've not got around to that one. I uh, might add that one to the list now. I want to watch um, the Roberto Baggio um, biopic, um, mm. the Golden Ponytail. I want to try and get that watched before I go away if I can. Yeah, I've, I've heard good things about that one as well. I haven't got around to that one either. Stu, what's uh, what's been tickling your pickle for this one? Well, um, it was it came out three years ago, but it has only been put on Prime this year. The um, that Kaiser documentary about the guy who never actually played a game, who kind of blagged his way through Brazilian clubs for mm. twenty odd years. But that's that's just ridiculous. Um, but again, really well made. But now the one I mentioned it to the, at the time that you all mocked me for, Sea Spiracy. That, I knew you was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it really affected me. <laughs> the, the, the poor fish, but it was it was just like it was the, the fact that about the whole the global the bad global corporations and stuff like that. And obviously the guy's got an agenda anyway. But and you take these things for what they are. But the fact that there were, there were actually facts about how all these things are so dodgy and interlinked, and you think, well, of course they are because it. Anyone with any any kind of money's dodgy and bent, so mm. it was just one of the, one of the moments where my my stupidity and naivety was just kind of exposed again. <laughs> and I thought, oh no, I really should have noticed what was going on here. <laughs> but yeah, really well made for what it is, um, and he did a good job. Mm. That's fair. I'm stunned neither of you two mentioned the Friends reunion. I, I thought that would have been high up is, on your list for both. Is that a documentary, though? Yeah. It's mm. it's talking about what went on in their past and talking about the possibilities of the future. It's a kind of unscripted thing. So I thought you'd have gone for that one. Yeah, it was hard, that, because I wanted to bring it up and the Friday night dinner one, but it wasn't comedy because it wasn't, there wasn't acting in it and it wasn't a cup, but it also didn't feel like a documentary for me either. Mm. I didn't know where, I didn't know where that, that's definitely a miscellaneous category. Something that I enjoyed though. Yeah. I, I was just going to mention it later of what everyone should watch, but mm. it's fair. Uh, my documentary is the framing Britney Spears. I think it was really fucking well done. Oh, I did not at all expect to enjoy framing Britney Spears. I thought it was just going to be tripe talking about, a musician, but actually, it went into quite a lot of de- detail about the trials and tribulations that she went through, and obviously the conservatorship, which is in the news. Uh, maybe it's not in the news by the time this uh, this goes out, but such a big story that engulfed the world earlier this year, and I think that that was just really well made, and it does it really changed my opinion on Britney Spears and that whole time period of how she was treated, like she. Everyone just thought, assumed she was this sex pot's not quite the, the right word for it, but this kind of vapid, vacuous, attractive person. But actually, she had so much shit going on in her life behind her, trying to keep it all together. And like my heart kind of broke for a little bit, but hopefully things are starting to look up for her now, fingers crossed. But yeah, Framing Britney Spears, brilliant. I, I think um, friend of the show Tara linked that 
an article about in the Guardian about all this nonsense that was going on with her dad and controlling mm. her of being on the pill or whatever or some implant. And yeah. I'd never even heard about this system before. Why well, anyone would even sign up to it? And obviously, it's, it's abuse and control and all that kind of stuff. But even just reading that Guardian article, I'm going to watch this now because I hadn't heard about this. Um, but yeah, shocking. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think she was put into this conservatorship because she had some kind of mental breakdown and she needed someone to look after her. So I kind of get why it started, but that was like a, over a decade ago and she's still in it. And she's forced to have this IUD implant so that she can't have children. And, you know, no person should have agency over another human's body. It's just fucking appalling. Mm. So fingers crossed things will uh, get better soon for, for her. So that's the categories anyway for what we've enjoyed so far this year. I want to know what's let you down in the uh, the six months so far. Matt, start us off. So me and you text about this late one evening, I remember, Andy, and it was uh, the vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Hmm. Now, this was in the midst of a very high period of uh, serial killer slash real-life crime documentaries. It was just at the right time for this to be released. Um, and based on the first episode, you'd think, wow, this is a fa- this is a really intriguing story. But it very fastly um, deteriorates into being a show about internet sleuths and less about the uh, who done it and the mystery and more about yeah like the internet's reaction to it and it it became very boring very quickly it could have been a one hour and it would have had more of an impact than the four or so hours that it eventually ended up being and it really let me down in the end because it was so promising at the start but ended with such a wet fart Mm. I'm, i'm a poet and i don't know it the issue i had with the internet sleuth side to the storyline was it it gave them prominence. Mm. It, it put them on an equal footing to the police who were investigating it. It wasn't a case of saying, and this is what happened and how bad is this? They all almost made it out like it was valid what they were doing. And it, I, I thought yeah. it was awful. Cause you've got like, you know, don't fuck with cats and stuff like that. Like the, the, there's a story to be told there about the internet and its impact on crime or whatever. Both good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this just wasn't it. I was really disappointed with it because I, t- I remember telling you, man, this show's great, but you'd already finished it by the time mm. I'd got right. And, and I remember you saying I'd, like you were disappointed with it. And then I come to it and I was like, mm, yeah, this was a bit wank, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, it's a sad one, that one. Stu, what's let you down? Considering how much wank fil- <laughs> films and series that I've, I've stuck with over the years, it takes a lot for me to just drop out and say no more. And that was Batwoman, season two. Fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. It's just absolute wank. And it, it was, it was the fact, yeah, it's a black Batwoman and it's all, it's all changed. It was, you might as well just called it Bat Virtue Signaling every week. It, it was just forcing, say something like this, forcing things down your throat. But it really was. Everyone had to be a lesbian or everyone had, had to sleep with someone else. It's fucking Batwoman. And out of all of them, out of all the CW shows in that kind of the old Arrowverse or whatever it's called now, they all had their own thing. And mm. that I know she left, but and they had to do what they had to do. But 
it just absolutely nosedived. And obviously, Andy being Andy, kind of was on the precipice anyway of jumping off. And I thought, no, I ain't going to leave halfway through. But I, I just had enough. And there was one point, I, I can't remember the point that it was, um, but it was just the same thing every week. Mm. Nothing nothing changed. And it was just too, too much. And I thought, well, no, Sodger, there's, there's more than enough things to watch. <laughs> and it from the first first episode or the first two episodes, it, it was promising. It, it, it looked yeah. interesting. But then it never went anywhere for, for like two months. Then whole two month, then whole two months, then eight episodes. Could it just be one? Nothing would. Have, nothing, yeah. There'd been no difference. And I thought, well, that's it. Then game over. You're mm. gone. Yeah, I mean, I remember saying to you at the end of the first season, I will give it the first episode of the next season, and if it's still shit, I'm going to cut it because I didn't like Ruby Rose. I don't think she's a particularly good actor, and I never felt the scripting was strong enough to really hold it for 24 episodes. And then it came back, and the first two episodes actually quite promising. I, I did quite like um, Ryan. I think her name is the new Bat girl, a Batwoman. And then it just nosedived. I think I stuck with it to episode five or six, and I was like, "Okay, I'm done because this is just shit now." I remember saying to you, "I'm out," and you you were going to stick with it, and obviously you didn't. And yeah, it does take a lot to uh, to kick us out of it, but once he's done, he's done. I'm afraid. Um, what's let me down? Spiral was a bit shit, but I don't think I had massive high hopes for it anyway. Uh, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I think I did have high hopes for it, but it, it was cack. Fast 9. Like, I have been an unapologetic fan of the Fast Saga, but I felt the Fast 9 was a real letdown. Obviously, listen to last week's pod for me and Stu discussing that one. Army of the Dead, I was looking forward to it, but I've realised this year that I don't really like Zack Snyder. Um, <laughs> but the one that really was the biggest letdown of all was Division. I really, really was looking forward to Division. I thought this might be the thing that changes my opinion on the MCU from being a casual fan to being someone who thinks, okay, it's grown up, let's go move on with it. And it ended up just being a bit nothing-y. Like I, I kind of I know that they were going for a more a look at the mental health, but they never went enough into uh, Wanda's grief to really have any impact, and it just ended up being another MCU plodding storyline until the last hour, where it's just two people throwing cars at each other. It was just disappointing. So. What would you like, or what are you looking forward to seeing that's due to come up in the second half of 2021? Stu? Bond, maybe. Hopefully. The last. <laughs> I just want to get done with it, get over and done with now. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long. And I, it's been so long that I need to go and watch the Daniel Craig ones again now because I was planning to do that anyway because it had been a couple of years. But it's been it's been nearly double that now, and just to just to get it out of the way, it's his last one, and I'm always going to go in with an open mind anyway. And half the time I've been surprised and presently surprised at that. The other two, not so much. So hopefully it ends on a high. But yeah, it's just watching it finally is more than uh, what I'm wishing for more than anything now. <laughs> I feel that this bond for you, Stu. 
is more than James Bond, and it's almost like a signal in the end of the pandemic for you. Oh no, genu- it's, I, it's over now. It's over. Genu- <laughs> no, but I, I mean, like, like, life is back to normal because Bond, <laughs> because Bond is back, kind of thing. That's like, I, I think this film means more to you than Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Mass, what are you looking forward to for the, the next half a year? So I'm I'm really looking forward to um, the Many Saints of Newark, uh, basically the prequel to the Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Um, Sopranos is one of three shows in my um, godlike tier of television. Only three shows occupy that. Can you tell me those three shows? Well, can you tell me the other two based on our conversations we've had? Lost. No, no. I mean, I love Lost. It's in a category of its own for enjoyment, but it's not good like television. Um, uh, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Yep. Yeah, um, that's that's got to be. Is it another one of these like tough, overarched um, storyline dramas? Uh, no, I, you. I don't think you'll get it. You'll you'll see. You've seen it, but I, don't, I probably haven't talked about okay, it enough. Right. Uh, it's basically Utopia. The, oh, okay. uh, channel, yeah, the, yeah. Channel, the Channel 4 um, show. Unbelievable. Anyway, back to the original point. Many Saints of Newark, prequel to The Sopranos. Any any excuse for me to watch any kind of like gritty um, New York slash New Jersey slash any kind of mafiosa world of any description or, or, or America generally in the 70s and 80s, I'm, I'm down for. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to this. Fantastic. I'm... I still need to get around to Sopranos. I 100% know this is the type of show I will love. Mm. Um, but it's just one that, for whatever reason, I've just never found that space to, to fit it in. It, the, the beauty of the Sopranos is, which other, other shows fall foul of, it doesn't matter about how it's aged and how it looks now because it's storytelling and everything else takes it above mm. how it looks. An episode when two of the characters get lost in the woods... It's like, it's so ridiculous, but just that interaction is enough. Is one of like the groundbreaking episodes of that show. It's just so, it's funny, but at the same time, they're trying to kill someone and it's just, it's just so entertaining. I, I do really recommend it. Okay. Yeah. I, I need to get around to it. I always said I'd do it after watching Mad Men and I finished that last year. So I really have no excuse. Uh, on TV, I am looking forward to seeing the return of Gil Grissom in CSI Vegas. Uh, I was a fan of the CSI franchise and Grissom was the character in it, really. So I'm looking forward to that coming back. In the cinema, though, uh, obviously last night in Soho, the new Edgar Wright film, Ghostbusters Afterlife, much like Stu with Bond, like I feel like I've been waiting forever and a day for the new Ghostbusters film, so can't wait to see that. Jungle Cruise, because it's got The Rock and Emily Blunt in and, and what more can you ask for in a movie? Uh, <laughs> the Suicide Squad looks great. And Dune. Is it Dune or June? I don't know how you pronounce it. Oh, it said June. I assumed it was June. Okay, so June. Um, I know absolutely nothing other than apparently it's an unfilmable book. But seeing the trailers for it, it just looks incredible. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. And I will try and get it on IMAX, I think, because it looks like it might be worthy of the biggest screen humanly possible. Or 40X. Not 40X. (laughs) 
So to round it off, I want to know what gets the Tiger King Award for 2021. That is the show that the whole world needs, the show or film that the whole damn world needs to see. Stu? Nice and easy. Invincible. Just superb from start to finish. No more. No more was it to be said that we haven't already said about it. It's just perfectly paced. It looks amazing. It's not Obviously, it's not for kids, um, although they could watch it. It's perfectly fine. Um, yeah, just that would probably be my surprise of the year more than anything else, even though I do like Walking Dead and obviously a lot of Kirkman stuff, but I don't expect it to be anywhere near as good as it is. Mm. Uh, yeah, I've gone for the exact same show. I think Invincible has been the best thing on TV, streaming, whatever. I think it has been incredible. I didn't know a lot about the comic book other than it was Kirkman but I was looking forward to it and I love the fact that they've used the animation style they've used is the exact same as the comic book art it's such a clever like you see so many tv shows where they change it up and it just seems like such an obvious thing to do to just keep it the same as the books but that's such a little thing and it it worked perfectly the voice acting is outstanding the storylines in it are brilliant and brutal and kind of funny and gross at the same time it's got a bit of everything i I loved invincible cannot wait for the second season of that one and if they do a live action i will be all there for it on day one just brilliant matt what have you got so to counterbalance my um disappointment um night stalker the hunt for a serial killer very much my bag when it comes to um what i like to binge watch and this was a good example of how to portray a um true crime um story killer basically the story of ricky ramirez um and um i just think it was really excellently done really nicely paced you know I don't know a great deal about um, American true crime. And after watching the, um, I know this isn't a documentary, but the trial of OJ Simpson, the people versus OJ Simpson, I've just obsessed all of a sudden with Americana and serial killers and, and, and that world. And this was just a really (laughs) excellent, um, just a really excellent show that I think will go under the radar for a lot of people because they probably don't think that true crime is their thing. But, you know, we as a, as, a, as, a, as a population, as a species, are obsessed with the morbid, and me especially, and, and I think it is interesting and oddly tantalising to watch what the more depraved in our society can do, and I just think everybody should watch it. Mm, it is good. There was two documentaries I think will be up your street then, Matt. So, um, O.J. Simpson, Made in America... The Mm -hmm. 20 for 20 ESPN. It's available on Disney Plus. It's like eight hours long, but it is fucking outstanding. And you've also got another one, which is I'll Be Gone in the Dark, I think it's called, which is about the original Night Stalker, the East Area Rapist. Mm. Um, Brilliant HBO. So, you know, it's quality stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will recommend you those two because... You'll love them. I genuinely think you'll love Perfect. So that's just done for another week. We'll be back with a question cast next time out. Uh, We'll put our call for questions on Twitter imminently. So make sure you watch out for it. You can let us know. So any questions you do have, 
cagefightingpod at gmail.com or on the Twitter at cagefightingpod. So if you can, please make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. And also if you could leave us a review and just let your friends know if you're enjoying what we do. So for this week, Matt, would you like to say goodbye? Take it easy, guys. Wishing you a healthy and happy second half of 2021. Stu, would you like to say goodbye? See you later. Love you all. And it's goodbye from me. Thank you for joining us for this halftime report. And we hope you have a great rest of the year. Be excellent to each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs>